This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston. Bonus, my 2022 recap. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, beautiful soul. So happy to have you for this episode. As you can see, it's a bonus episode, so that means I'm pulling back the curtain and showing you what it's like to live my life. (laughs) For whatever reason, these episodes tend to be the most popular ones on the show. For whatever reason, people enjoy hearing about my life, which blows my mind. (laughs) So today is going to be no exception. I'm going to tell you all the good, bad, and ugly from the past few months. I did a 2022 mid-year recap in July, so you can go and listen to that one if you haven't yet, and I talk primarily about uh, January through the end of June in that one. So today is going to be touching on a couple of those things, um, but really focusing on on the year as a whole and a couple things that may have happened from July on. So I'm going to dig into what I consider the big areas of life from parenting to career to marriage to health, spirituality, fun, friends, and even a little finances in there. So buckle up, buttercup. We're going to be here for a while. I'm going to talk slow, even though I know this is going to be a longer episode and there is still a part of me, I must admit, that's like talk really, really fast and make this go by fast because I just am still in the mindset. I can't believe that people enjoy these episodes. (laughs) And I just think, oh, I'm boring people. And then I have to remind myself, they like this stuff. And if they find it boring, they will turn it off. Okay. Um, I will say that I do enjoy doing these episodes because of the, how do I want to say this? these episodes aren't edited, by the way, like our other ones are. So you're going to see how I stumble, how I swallow, how there's background noise, all the things. But what I was trying to say is I love these episodes because I tend to be really honest, open, and authentic. 
And I know that opens a door for other people to be like, wow, if she can share that, then I can share this. And I do think it creates a comfort with me with other people, be it clients or not. There are even people in my personal life who listen to this podcast and um, it allows us to connect in a deeper way. And especially if we work together, they're like, yeah, well, Lindsay does the work and she will be really open and she's not perfect. And so it allows them to open up even more, which is the ultimate gift of all. All right. So I got a lot to tell you. I'm going to start with parenting. I'm going to tell you what has been great this past year, some lows that have happened this past year, and just kind of looking back on the year, what I'm looking at this year has created in regards to parenting, and then we'll go through the different areas of life. All right, so I don't talk about my kids too much on the show. I have a four-year-old and a 12-year-old. My 12-year-old is from my previous quote-unquote marriage, which if you know my story, that was a common-law marriage, but yes, we had a divorce. So I always joke, I never got a wedding, but I got a divorce, (laughs) ha-ha. Every girl's dream, right? Yeah, so um, yeah, those are my two kids. I don't talk about them often because it's their journey and they're not the ones getting on this podcast. Um, It's for them to go and tell their story about things. And um, yeah, so I'll give you a little bit about them. My daughter, who's 12, as I said, you know, the past few years, it's become very apparent that she has ADHD. I got diagnosed with ADHD last year via brain scan, so it just makes sense that she has it. Her dad is not diagnosed, but he's even more inattentive, even probably hyperactive, probably combined ADHD. Um, And so, yeah, it just started to become apparent around third grade for her. She went from making really high A's and just breezing through school to things starting to feel harder. And subjects she wasn't super interested in, she started dipping in. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this girl is smart. She always tests really high. And we ended up even hiring a tutor for her. And the tutor's like, she knows this stuff. You just have to present it in a way that's exciting for her. Otherwise, it doesn't get in her brain, which makes sense for an ADHD person, right? Um, so there was a while there from third to fifth grade that I was like, okay, we're just going to manage this and give her some extra tutoring and I'm going to teach her some tools and skills because I was diving deep into learning all the things and it worked for a while until, um, it just became apparent that she needed more help. And so she got some coaching. She did this thing called brain balance that we started at the end of last year in 2021. And brain balance is no joke. You go three times a week for an hour each time. The, cl- the class itself is, in, is 30 minutes each way. So it was like at least a two-hour investment of my time. And then we have to do exercise at home. We make some diet changes. And so it was a lot, but I will say we got some great results from it. I see her more embodied. I see her more regulated. Um, I just see her being able to keep up with things more and it's just been great. She's at a place right now where she is thriving. So I think between the brain balance, her getting coaching and even, you know, I asked her recently, I said, what do you think it was that's allowed you to really thrive because you're thriving right now. And she's like, honestly, mom, it's been watching you and watch you regulate and teach me all the things, which is so kind, right? I didn't even present that as one of her options as what helped her the most. But I think, you know, it's a combination of all of the things. 
Um, and she's just doing really well. And I have to brag on her for a minute because she goes to school 45 minutes before all of her peers. And this started in August and she does this thing called zero period. And it's for all kids that are neurodivergent and um, they do study skills and they work on homework and they're just doing things so um, they can learn things in a different way. And she's really out of place too. Like I said, you know, her grades were still pretty good, even with the ADHD, but I just knew that she could be an exceptional student. And really at the end of the day, grades don't matter too much except for in the schooling system. And there's been times that she has wanted to potentially go into law and looked at even, you know, a dream of being a Supreme Court justice. And I was like, you know, I want to have these doors open for you that if you want that possibility, you could go to an Ivy League school and go that path. And if you decide you don't want to, which right now she's in that season where she's like, I don't even want to go to college. I think I want to go to cosmetology school and be a makeup artist. And I'm like, great, awesome. But let's keep your options open and you have the potential to do this. And at the end of the day, I just want to teach her how her brain works best for her And she's learning that. And I just am so proud of her for opening herself up to me, guiding her and coaching her and bringing in other people and showing up for herself. And granted, it's not all roses and daisies every day. We're still working through some things like organization is very hard for her and keeping on top of things is hard, but um, she's doing great. And she is just so well loved among her peers. She's really friends with so many different groups of people. She said she'll walk in the lunchroom and be like, who do I want to sit by today? And I just love that about her. I love that she doesn't just kind of like stay with one group. Not that if you do that, there's something bad and wrong, because I'm definitely more of a one group kind of gal. But I just love her confidence and how she's able to go out and do these things and be a leader among her peers. She got voted sixth grade rep and um, she was able to give a speech in that. And again, she leaned on me to help her. And it's just such a joy to collaborate with her and to be able to guide her again to the person I know she can be and her being open to that because some kids aren't open to that. And I want to just brag on myself too, that I'm able to create that for her because I wanted that so much with my mom, but I didn't get that. And part of that was I didn't feel safe with her. And so I'm glad that we have that safety. Now, again, I'm not a perfect parent. My daughter would definitely tell you You know, sometimes I can be a little critical. Sometimes I can overshare some things, things of that sort. But we have come a long way. And, you know, if you know my story, her dad can be a lot at times. There's been some definite big T trauma stuff there. Um, But she's been able to work through that and um, really stand up for herself with her father. And um, I'm just so proud of her. My son, who's four, he is just full of energy. I believe he's an Enneagram 7, so that gives you an idea. And he is just super social. He loves to kind of be center of attention. Like, for example, earlier this week, he missed some days at school. And when he came back, he ran into the class and he's like, I'm back. (laughs) And everyone's like, yay, he's here, you know. 
And so, um, yeah, that's how he is. So he's super fun. And he reminds me daily to find the joy in everything. Um, and I kind of talked about my 2021 recap, you know, watching him in his joy. That was a huge moment for me to be like, why can't I enjoy this? Why can't I be in the moment with him? Because there was a time I could be in that joy. And I was like, something's off here. And that's what inspired me to get a brain scan and stuff. Um, so yeah, he is really thriving socially, physically. We've got some things we're working through. He walks on his toes and it was something his preschool teacher really brought to my attention. I was like, you really need to get this checked out. And I'm glad that I did. And so we're doing some physical therapy and some occupational therapy. Many would say walking on toes is a sign of autism and ADHD. And I definitely think he is probably neurodivergent in some way. And so we're working through that and figuring it out. And he's very particular about some sensory things. So he's picky about eating and he doesn't eat a variety of things and he doesn't like a lot of fresh foods. And that, I believe, contributes to him getting sick more often because he got sick a lot this year. That's one of my downs. Um, My God, it was just like every month there's something and he spent some time in the hospital in mid-year and that was really hard. He was in the PICU because it turns out he has respiratory airway disease. And so he was having an asthmatic attack one night and we're like, what is going on? What is this? Because neither my husband or I have asthma nor my daughter. And I was like, we don't know what this is. And we took him to urgent care and they got him on oxygen right away and the rest is history, right? But yeah, so there's going to be a lot that I'm going to be doing with him this next year. I even had a conversation earlier this week with my husband because next year my son will be in pre-K. We're actually redshirting him. Um, we decided to do that a long time ago. Um, so he won't be in kindergarten, even though he'll be turning five soon. He's going to be in pre-K. And that's our last year to be more flexible in his schedule. So instead of doing five days a week, I think we're going to go down to three days. And for two days, I'm going to do all the mama stuff. So I'm going to teach him one-on-one because even though he's doing well academically, I want him to thrive academically. That's what I was able to do with my daughter at this age. I'm just, you know, my zone of excellence is teaching. I say my zone of genius is coaching, but teaching I do really well and I enjoy it. So why not have that time with him to get him to a place where in essence he's getting like a private tutor all the time and we can do it in a really fun way and we're able to continue to do these PT and OT appointments and food therapy and other things that may be coming up with his health in a way that we can knock some of this out of the park so it's not a struggle for him later. Because for both of my kids who I believe are both neurodivergent, um, it's really important for me that they're not in their late 30s like I am figuring this stuff out. They have the tools now. They know how their brain works. We've worked through some things that could hold them back and they're just able to go and thrive and thrive now in the moment because being a kid is so fun and I don't want them being overly stressed out about school or social things because You know, they just don't have the resources or tools to do that. I'm so fortunate to be privileged and to be educated in a space where I can take two days off a week and I can, you know, go and do these things for him and for her and all of that. And so why not take advantage of that? And that's actually a big step for me because after COVID and just having kids 24-7 at home and managing work, I was like, y'all get out of here. 
And um, there's been times in my career that I'm like, oh man, you know, parenthood is a lot. And, and, you know, I don't know about this whole thing. And did I make the right choice? And I really like had to let that go because that was a story my mom had at times too of like, you know, Lindsay parenting's really hard and I'm not quite sure, you know, I, I really wish I did it. And I carried that, you know, and I don't want my kids to carry that. I love my kids. I love being a parent. I've had to shift that the most powerful thing that I'm going to do in this world in this lifetime is be an exceptional parent to them. Not a perfect parent, but an exceptional parent. And that means me giving them everything that I can give them, giving them my all and allowing them to fully be their most authentic selves in that process. And I will say, you know, especially my daughter, she's getting to that age in middle school where the kids, you know, that inner mean girl or inner mean girl boy voice comes out a lot and they get self-conscious and she definitely has her thoughts on that, but she's able to shine. She's cut her hair short. She has a unique style that she loves to do and she really steps into her own. And I'm just so like proud of that. And I just love the way I'm showing up with them, even though I want to say it again, I am not perfect by any means. Okay. And neither are they. Because even though my daughter's thriving, she makes mistakes. Like she got caught doing something that was a really big lie at one point this year. Um, and we had to learn from that, you know, and, and really her take ownership for, from that. Um, and yeah, we're evolving and growing and, and all of those things. So that's where I'm at parenting wise. Ah, now in regards to marriage. So if you heard my recap especially this time last year, my marriage, man, in 2021 was rough. It was rough and it had been rough for a while. And I will say in 2022, it's had its moments of roughness, especially the past few months. But for the majority of this year, I saw growth and I made some mindset and lifestyle shifts to say, okay, I really want my marriage to be a priority. My husband got diagnosed with this blood cancer earlier this year that necessarily doesn't lead to death or chemo or radiation or any of those things, but he has an excess of platelets. And so that can cause things like um, him bleeding out, or if the platelets get too low, then, you know, blood clots and strokes and things of that sort. So when that came up in March, I really had to soak in of like, you know, taking in that the most important people in my life are my kids and my husband's. And I had to unpack some of feminisms, what I now see as almost toxic, but I don't want to like label it that because I think it, feminism means well, but this whole like, do it on your own, fuck men, like be all the things it's just like I had to shift in that because um, I needed to lean into slowing down for them and being dependent on my husband for finances and being scared in that of, okay, you know, I know how this system works. If something happens between us, like you've been at this earning power for a while and this potential and, you know, granted, I'll get some money when I leave, but you're going to continue on and, and be fine where when I slow down, you know, that impacts my future. 
And I've just had to like take in and trust in that because my family really needs me and adjusting to making my husband and that relationship a number one priority. And if you've heard episodes throughout this past year on the podcast, you know, I've said things like, I don't think I'm a good wife. And, you know, Jason gets the scraps. Jason's my husband. And, you know, it's interesting because after I have episodes like that, I'll step away and listen back to myself and be like, Lindsay, come on, girl, like, let's shift this. Okay, you really think you're a bad wife? Like, what do we need to shift here? What do we need to heal? You put, you know, you say Jason gets the scraps, like, let's change that. And so every time I'm doing an episode like that, I am then taking in and being like, okay, here's your work, baby. And um, I'm getting to a place where I'm just feeling a lot better in this area. It's not perfect. In fact, our November, so just a month ago, was really, really hard. Um, We had an argument over something that, you know, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but it was basically me putting myself out there and not feeling like he you know, honored that and really having to show him of like, why are we keep, why are we in this dance? Why do we keep doing this to each other? And me reading through all of my journals from the entire time we've been dating or engaged or married and taking in even more our pattern. I'm like, this has been going on since before we were engaged and I am fucking tired of it and I can't do it. And it's not on him. A lot of it was on me of like, oh my God, like, Lindsay, there is some work to do here. And sometimes, like I say, often on the show, you're so close to your own life and your own shit, you don't see it until you can step away, right? So it took me almost nine years of journals to be like, damn, how did I miss this pattern? Which then opened the door of, I've got some attachment things that I need to heal. Like I still have an insecure attachment and I was able to get him to take an assessment to see his attachment style. And I'm like, dude, we are both in this bucket together. And this is why we're doing this dance of I get close, you pull away, you get close, I pull away. Like it's got to stop. And so just taking that in and realizing, damn, here we are again, doing another level of growth. I thought it was done, right? I mean, it was weeks in November of me just feeling like shit, to be completely honest, of like, oh, I can't believe I miss this. And I can't believe I have this other level. This sucks and all the things. But now it being a month later, because I'm recording this in December 2022, um, so many things have shifted. And I'm going to talk about more of that when we get to the health section. But it was hard, but it was like the best thing that could have happened to us for sure. Um, I continue to hold the faith that we are going to have that 10 marriage. I got really clear this past year of, you know, what each level of marriage looks like from a one through a 10. And I decided in that scale that I created is really, we go between like a five and a seven often. And I was like, okay, I want to get to an eight and I want to be solidified there. And I want to get to nine and be solidified there. And, um, really, you know, showing him too of like, this isn't a one-way street, buddy. Like I need you to show up for me and for us and all of the things, because when we're thriving, everything else is going to thrive. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we will get to that 10 marriage that I've been wanting for a long time. And so when people say, you know, whose marriage do you admire? 
you know, you'll finally be like, oh, this girl's, <laughs> this girl's marriage. Because when people ask me that question, I'm like, I don't know who to fucking say because I have not seen a marriage that I'm like, that's it. That's what I want, right? Um, so I want to like break the barrier here and make that shit happen. Um, the other thing that's been big in our marriage and just in our family in general is we've been building a house the past year and a half. And it's been such an exciting time and also a time where it's like, come on, people. It was supposed to be ready this summer. It is now December. We are still not moved in and hopefully it'll be done in January. But in that process, um, our builder just hasn't been great. Even this week, we sent an email of like, here are concerns. You installed the wrong tile. You installed the wrong ceiling fans. This blah, blah, blah. And that was sent over the weekend. And it's now Friday as I'm recording this. And I have not heard anything from that, nor has my husband. So it's just like, come on, just finish this fucking house and do it well. Because you claim you're a custom builder. And let's move the fuck on, okay? Because we've got some money on the line here and we want to move. And in that, our new house is right near our kids' school to where we can walk there. And so it's just like, come on, come on. We like want to move on with our lives. So I know first world problems, right? But it is what it is. (laughs) It has not been enjoyable. You would think a house that costs a lot of money would be an enjoyable experience, but yet they don't seem to give a shit. So (laughs) that's not been fun. um, Something else that's gone on with my marriage is um, just taking in two things. First off, when we had our last fight in November, I was able to see my pattern even more, as I said, but even when I'm getting triggered. And so what happens is I'll present something to my husband and 9.9 times out of 10, I'm the one that's bringing something to the table of like, hey, here's a problem, what's going on? What will happen is he then gets triggered by that and he goes into what's considered like a rigid pattern. And he gets very black and white with things and he starts blaming me. And I'm in this moment of feeling really vulnerable and open of like, hey, I'm sharing my feelings with you. I'm telling you my needs aren't met here. And then I'm met with criticism and blame which then sends me into a triggered state. And my triggered state initially, I'm like, I just have to get out of here. I have, I'm overwhelmed. I need to like step away and it's called leaving. And so then I'll be like, I need to get out of the room. I need to get out of the house. If we're in the car, I'm like, I need you to pull over. And he won't do it. He'll like continue to come at me with his rigidity. And then what happens is I get aggressive and I'm like, I told you, get away from me. Like, and I'll just like start attacking, not in a physical sense, but in a just like yelling, aggressive sense, right? Because at that point, I'm feeling very vulnerable, very weak, as I said. And so I feel like, you know, if we were in the wild, this is like the lion attacking this little deer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to make myself bigger here because I feel so weak. Um, and so you know, I knew that pattern for a while, but when I saw it happen again and seeing even more the impact of getting into that aggression, what it does to my body, what it does to our relationship, what it does to even our family, because our kids, even if they don't hear that, they feel that energy for days. And I believe it contributes to my son getting sick and getting these little colds and little things. And I'm like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. And so I set a really hard boundary with myself of like, I'm not yelling ever again. I even lost my shit 
somebody honked at me one day very aggressively and I just like went off. I And it was just like the last piece of me that needed to heal. And then when all that came out, I was just like, I'm done. Like I am done forever doing that. And you may say, well, Lindsay, that's pretty recent. You know, are you going to stick with it? This is a, this is what I do. I'll do something for a while and I'll be like, okay, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it. And then something will happen and I'll be like, that's it. I'm done. And I will be done. This is what happened to me with alcohol. At one point I got really drunk one night and I was like, I'm done. Like I'm never going to be drunk again ever in my life ever. And that was almost 10 years ago. And I've stuck with that. So I just feel really done with aggression. And I've talked to my husband about it and said, you know, when I'm saying I need to step away, please honor that. Otherwise, I will physically leave because I am in a triggered state and I need to regulate and come back. And so, yeah, that feels really big for us. Um, I also just want to make a big shout out to my husband and all the years off and on that he has supported our family financially from times of like, hey, I'm pregnant. I don't feel well. I'm not going to work. Okay, no problem. Earlier this year, it was like, hey, I'm not going to pull a salary. I'm investing in this mastermind. Okay, I got us. Okay, you know, this thing's come up. I want to take off time. I want to do this. Got it, got it, got it. And I never really say those things out loud because again, feminism's like, fuck that shit, be your own boss, la, 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 which is great, right? I'm all for empowerment. I'm all for feminism. But I also just want to recognize, like, I lean on him. And he steps up in that many times with a smile on his face and his arms wide open for me to do these things. And I don't give him credit for that. And that's not okay. Um, he has really just been such an amazing support system. And I will say too, you know, we have our moments, um, especially emotionally where I'm like, come on, meet me here, meet me here. I want you to be present with me. And I wanted to go to the next level. But when I'm in a pinch and I need some coaching or some support, he is there and he gives incredible advice. Like when I was getting sued earlier this year by a former client He was the one that was like, you are going to fight this. You are not going to let her bully you. Um, And he sat with me, I believe it was Memorial Day weekend, and we put together this binder of my case and really helping me in that and filtering out things that I was going to present and not present um, and all of that. And he was the first person I called when I won the case. And I was like, oh my God, I won, I won. And I was just like, I could not have done this without you. I would have just probably just refunded the money and then just been forever bitter. And I'd have to do a ton of work around it to not be forever bitter. And instead I stood up for myself and I am just so grateful for you. And so, yeah, it's just been so great to have his support. And that's where, again, when we have these moments, I'm like, we are so good together. Yet when we have this thing that happens, it's like we just want to say fuck it all and be done with it. So lots and lots of growth there. All right. So next section I want to talk about, and I'll probably spend a decent amount of time here and then we'll touch on a few to wrap us up, is my career. Um, So 
you know, I love my job. It's incredible. Even in times when I'm like, I'm going to slow down and take things off. It's not, it's never like, oh, I hate my job and I don't want to do it. It's because, you know, things of like, I'm investing in something else or I'm investing in our children or I'm investing in our family kind of stuff. But I love my job. Um, Of course, there are aspects I don't enjoy. Like I didn't enjoy getting sued during it. Afterwards, I was like, this is great. Now I know this process and I know what to do. And I know, you know, contracts and agreements that need to be stronger and our terms need to be like this and I just feel like it really grounded me and made me such a stronger businesswoman and allowed me to to really take in even more because I was already in a season of looking at um, different ways that I could be harmful and not realizing it so I was doing diversity equity and inclusion work also known as anti-racism work I've been doing that for a while. Also, I was doing trauma-informed trainings and looking at that and being like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm coming to every client relationship and I'm aware of the trauma involved in this and how to handle certain things because the last thing I want to be is harmful in any way. And that was what was so heartbreaking about the client who sued me and a couple other clients this past year who, for whatever reason, got triggered by me or something happened in their world. And it's not just this year, but in previous years. And when those things happen, I take them very seriously of like, what am I doing to create this for them? How can I get better from that? And I've done that work and I'm going to brag on myself for a minute. You know, it's been two years of just examining things at every fucking level um, and just really being a great listener and owning you know mistakes that I've made in that process and um, just seeing ways again that I can improve and I've done that and now I'm at a place where I was just telling my DI coach Alyssa Hall this I was like you know this one thing happened in my business and um, you know the past me would have been like what did I do wrong let me examine this But now I'm at such a place of like, I know who I am. I know what I provide. I know what I'm doing is not harming her. This is on her. And I'm able to just stand in that power of that and just still be so empathetic and so just aware of what she's going through with this thing that's going on. And I just feel like I'm the woman and the coach and the business owner I've always wanted to be. And that feeling feels amazing. And of course, I'm going to continue to grow and evolve and learn. I'm never going to stop learning and evolving. But where I am right now, I'm like, damn, I feel really solid. And this is the first time in my life I've ever felt that way. For a long time, I thought I wasn't a great business owner. And so I've done the work to show up and be in that headspace. And I've had to, again, own some mistakes that I've made along the way. The biggest one of which was, you know, this coach that was working for me this year, she left in a very unexpected way. Um, And our relationship went from us being extremely close on many different levels, from her working to me for to other relationships that we had, to not having a relationship at all. And it ended up being something that... I was really hurt by to a point where, you know, as I've unpacked it more and more, it's been a big T trauma for me. Um, And part of that, you know, is my shit, obviously, right? But um, 
part of that too was also seeing how I led her in different ways in the business and in that working relationship. And there was a point when I was mentoring her and coaching her and seeing ways in which um, I wish I would have done things differently and, and things of that sort. So really owning that and growing so, so, so much in that and getting better at communicating and handling things in the moment versus letting it stew because things stewed between us for months. And it was a lot. It was very stressful. It was one of the hardest things I actually went through this past year beyond being sued and my husband getting a cancer diagnosis and my son being in the hospital. Like that was hard shit. And during the time I was going through this, I was in this high-level mastermind that I've referred to on many episodes, but it was a lot of money. I'm talking over $4,000 a month for six months to do this thing. And it was the first time I had been in a group program so intimate with people who um, work ahead of me in business. And most times I'm in a room where I'm kind of the smartest one. And so it was just so much for my nervous system to handle between the amount of money and being quote unquote, the dumbest in the room and being in this group where I'm sharing my feelings on things. And, Oh, it was just a lot. in my nervous system, it was too much looking back on it. It was just, it was just, it was way too stretchy for me way too stretchy. Um, But of course, you know, you stretch in the moment, it feels like a lot, and then you're able to regulate to it. So I'm going to just put it out there. I'm not going to be investing like that again for a while, if ever. It's really opened my eyes a lot too to the ridiculousness in the coaching world of charging that much money. And some people will say, well, if you're making a ton, what is 4K? I'm not making a ton. That was a big investment for me. It was very stretchy for me to do that. It really didn't make a lot of sense to do that. Um, And yet I see a lot of coaches looking to people at my level, which is, you know, the low multi-six level. Like my business is usually around 200K revenue, right? To make an investment that's 25K, I mean, that's that's big, right? And so, yeah, I've really started to shift too because in that container, it was not all about the money, but of course there was a lot of talk about the money. And I just felt myself being like, I don't measure the money as success. I never have, and I'm just gonna fucking own this about myself. It doesn't mean I have money blocks or that I don't love money and I don't appreciate money and I don't desire money. That's not what I am measuring, again, as my success measure okay like meter or something right (laughs) um so yeah so what did I shift to was really a lot of work that my DEI coach and I Alyssa Hall did of what is my measure my measure is impact my measure is client satisfaction my measure is am I in alignment with what I'm teaching and serving the world in And the work that her and I have done together to really soak that in has slowed me down a lot to be able to see the impact of everything I'm doing. So with one client, I'm able to soak in that impact in their life and seeing the trickle effect of that of like, oh yeah, and here's how it's impacting their partner and their kids and their work and their extended family and their future lineage and da-da-da and da-da-da, da-da-da. And I'm like, holy shit, this is so huge. And it's, again, just allowed me to take in my power, to take in just the fucking magic of life 
and measure exactly what I've wanted to measure the whole fucking time that it's not about the money. Yes, I have to make money. Yes, I want to make money, but it's about who I'm impacting. And Alyssa has really helped me too of who is this work that I'm doing really for? And we did a lot of that last year and getting very clear on that. And there are people I've turned away this year. They've come on a consult and I've been like, I'm just not the right person for you. Or, you know, like when my mastermind relaunched this August, there were people who left and I thought they were making the right decision. I wasn't going to sit there and sell them on something that I thought they needed to move on for from. Now, I let them make that decision on their own. And so it wasn't like me telling them that, but I was in agreement with that and I celebrated them in that. And I think that's a beautiful thing for them to move on, right? So many coaches will be like, oh, and you know, then you stay with me forever and that's fine and great. And I do hope I have clients that stay with me for a very long time, but I also celebrate when it's time to move on and go do other things. There's more to life than coaching. There's more to life than paying someone thousands of thousands of dollars for coaching like that's just ridiculous to me it's ridiculous um and I've just really soaked that in and some people may be like well again Lindsay maybe it's your money blocks or maybe you know you're dogging on people who want to do that I'm not dogging it you do you right I just for me it's not an alignment for me and I've really owned that and I've really taken it in and um, I've separated myself even more from the coaching industry I'm here to help people and anything that you want to be focused on that you're helping people on like for example if I'm ever going to hire a business coach again which I don't see that I will for a while if ever um, I don't give a fuck how much you're making yeah I might like see that as one of your bullet points but I don't want you to lead with that I want you to tell me how satisfied your clients are I want you to tell me the impact that you're making I want you to tell me you know different trainings and such that you have done and how that's you know, leading with your intellect in essence. That's what I want to know. So anyways, getting off my soapbox about all that, but that's where I'm at there. Um, I do feel like I've made a huge energetic shift this past year, especially when my mastermind made a transition in the August, September time period. We had our live event for the mastermind in July which tends to be an up level for me to see my clients in person, to kind of take in the energy of that. And it, it did the same effect this year. It, it really elevated my energetic level and it was able to see too of like where I still need to grow. Um, I came home from that trip and just made some really great and alignment decisions. And I was able to create an exceptional mastermind for this next year. I mean, every year has been beautiful and exactly what that year needed, but I'm in amazement of the women that are in my living the dream mastermind this year. I look at them and I'm just like, holy shit, how did I fucking do this? How did I fucking do this? I'm like, wait, you know how you did it, Lindsay, you know the tools, right? But it's just, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of creating that container in the exact way that I wanted to this year. It's just amazing to me. Um, and I just respect all of them so much. And I, I see them as peers and they see me as pe- a peer and they get the coaching relationship very well and they do the work and oh, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And my one-on-one clients have evolved to that. And it's just so interesting because my clients to me have always been a reflection of me, right? And just a couple steps behind me many times, if not right where I'm at. 
And now where my clientele is at, I'm like, damn, is this who I am now? Like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, Lindsay, you are absolutely living the dream. Like, look at who you are. And in these moments when I'm having imposter syndrome or feeling like shit about something or doubting myself, whatever, I'm just like, Lindsay, like, look around you. Look at the reflection of your life. Look at your children and how they're thriving. Look at your clients and what they're reflecting back to you. Like, stop. Stop it, right? So it's just been so much fun to take that in. And, and being at a place too, like I said earlier, where I'm celebrating clients leaving and not a place of just like, what did I do wrong? Oh no, maybe it was this thing or maybe I didn't sell it like I should have. And, and now it's just like, okay, like you know what's best for you. I know what's best for me. I love you and I wish you all the best and know I'm here for you whenever you need anything. And even my living the dream mastermind last year I set up a system for them to get some touch coaching what I call touch coaching which is like hey we're gonna coach you know one month out and then we're gonna coach three months out and then six months out to really make sure you're transitioning and this is not something I'm charging for it's just me making sure you are evolving um, and moving on in a very beautiful way and I don't see anybody in the fucking industry doing that um And I think it needs to be implemented because, again, I think in the industry it needs to be client-focused, not money-focused. Whew, you can tell. Definitely on my soapbox about that. The other thing I really want to talk about here um, is I've made a shift out of overgiving in my business. You know, I just talk about of like, oh, yeah, I'm doing these things for free. But I was overgiving to the extreme And not many people knew that. It wasn't until I got into the mastermind I got into, and this is one of the benefits of that, where we were were breaking down money things and this business partnership I was playing with with somebody. And it was like, oh, Lindsay, like, why are you doing this? Like, you're the one that's built this business. And like, you don't really need a partner. You're a very, very seasoned coach. And financially, this doesn't really make sense for you. You're not really paying yourself that much. And that was a big shift for me. Um, And still being able to give people who work for me what it is they want. Like my ops manager this past year, Rachel, got a nice little upgrade. She went from being a virtual assistant, sometimes we call her an executive assistant, to being my ops manager. She has more than doubled her hourly rates in the past two and a half years she's worked for me. And that has been primarily driven by me um, of like saying, hey, you know, you're getting better and this thing is happening and me coaching her through a lot of that in in that process. Um, and even though you may be like, well, Lindsay, are you overgiving there? It's like, I would, again, I was overgiving in so many ways. And I think because I'm so regulated around money and um, my husband, Jason, and I live pretty much, very much below our means. Um, you know, it's like, oh, okay, money's no big deal. So people just think I'm like loaded over here and like the business is just like booming with money. You know, personally, we've, we're doing very well, but the business-wise, like there's some shit that I'm cleaning up from that overgiving. Um, and so this is the first year that I've really stepped into taking in that I give more than enough. And Alyssa Hall, my DEI coach again, has helped me a lot with this because as we went through my business, that was part of it. It was like, okay, let's make sure that things are equitable and you're able to help people at various levels. And as we went through that, she's like, Lindsay, you're giving a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. 
um, like way more than the normal person. And so we were able to kind of reel that back a little bit. And so in that, as I'm making these shifts of like, okay, I still want to be this giving person, yet I still need to be honoring myself and all of that, I started to come to the conclusion that this podcast, so the one that you're listening to, is done. And so this happened in the summer and I thought, okay, I'm ready to end it now, but I actually really want to keep this going until we hit episode 200. That'll be right around our four-year anniversary. I do still have some things to say. I already had some interviews I had already recorded. And I was like, let's just spit, let's just kind of like in strong and do these last few months. And then, you know, I just feel kind of like I paid my dues and I've put out these 200 episodes that anyone can listen to at any moment for free and do one thing and it changes their life. And I just feel really complete there. And I feel like I'm not going to question anymore of not giving enough to the world. I'm giving way more than enough. And it's been a joy and a pleasure to do this podcast. And we've booked some of the biggest interviews to date in this past year. And so there's a part of me that's like, oh, man, you're just like finally getting in the, the full groove of this. And yeah, I just feel complete. And it's so interesting because I actually had a tarot card reading. And one of the first things she said to me was, your karmic debt is paid. It is time for you to have massive abundance in your life because you have paid off the debt. And, you know, how, as I was saying, I was thinking it was more along the lines of, oh, I've paid my dues. I've paid my dues, right? Um, but sometimes there may be something else we don't even realize is there, which could be karmic debt. And I just feel like, okay, we've done this, right? So yeah, it's just been really fun. You know, on paper, this wasn't a growth year for me in regards to financial stuff, but I'm totally cool with that. I'm extremely happy with that. I've shifted so much in my business. Um, and as I said, my clientele right now is exactly what I want. I've said no to things that weren't in alignment because I wasn't chasing the dollar. I was chasing the person, not even chasing. I was sitting here receiving it of like, here I am. Do you want it? Um, so yeah, I just, I feel like I'm at a place now where it's like, okay, the core of my business is really authentic and really strong. And now we can grow even more from this. So next year, you're going to hear me talking a lot about my awakened woman process even more because that was rebranded this past year and redone. And it was tedious at times, it took six months to do all that work, um, but I'm so glad that I did it and I'm excited to share that program like wildfire. Um, you know, part of me was so excited about my mastermind the past few years because it was new and exciting and different and, and, you know, I got to work with clients I've had for a while, which is really fun, um, but I kind of, you know, put to the side Awakened Woman, which used to be called Unstoppable Woman and Authentically Awesome. And I've fallen back in love with that process and how impactful and life-changing it is. Because if I'm not in love with it, there's no way in hell you're going to be in love with it, right? So I really realized that that's my work is to continue to, in essence, date and love my Awakened Woman process. So yeah, let me see what else I have on here. Um, yeah, I'm just looking over and making sure I did everything that I wanted to the only other thing I guess that you know is really coming up in regards to business that maybe I didn't mention was just social media wise a lot of things have changed and it's been changing for a while um, and I've gotten to a place where we were like just full force on social media and 
thinking that would change something and, and really changing and making sure my message was authentic and coming from, you know, in essence, like my most authentic self. And it just really hasn't changed. And I've gotten to a place where it's like, okay, this isn't, this isn't where I'm meant to be. And really letting that go. Um, I do think we're going to explore going on TikTok more versus Instagram's kind of been our jam. But I will tell you, you know, most of my clients aren't on social media. I'm not really on social media that much other than to look at work stuff. Like it's just kind of becoming a thing that I think of the past for a lot of people because we're realizing like we do not want to be on our phones. (laughs) We want to be out enjoying life. Um, And so, you know, it's just like maybe not getting the results from that has been kind of hard, but it is what it is, right? Okay, so that's it for career-wise. Let's just talk about health stuff. So the big thing about health this past year is I've showed the F up for my healing all year long, continued to get weekly chiropractor adjustments, monthly massage, taking life really slow. I've implemented more time off. I've really adjusted to where work isn't overtaking my life anymore, which was huge for a long time especially in the 2020 time period where it was like, are we working? Are we not working? Are we parenting, not parenting? Like the boundaries got really gray. Um, And so, yeah, I have a really great relationship with work right now. I've really stepped away from attachments to things at work and that's impacted my health a lot and all the other areas of life, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really good health wise for the most part, you know, as I said, I got a brain scan at the end of 2021, immediately implemented some supplements they had me take felt immediately better, especially anxiety wise. And they also gave me a supplement for mood management because my scan came up with anxiety and depression, which then they coined as like limbic ADHD because of other things in my brain. And so, yeah, I've had a year now with very little anxiety, which has been amazing. Um, But what has kept coming up for me, especially when hard things come up in life, are these depression symptoms. And even though I show up and I do the work and, you know, I do all the healing things that I can think of, even though I could be doing so much more, it's like all I can fit in (laughs) financially and time-wise and all that. Um like yeah why do I still have this like lingering overwhelm and sadness and these things knock me out for weeks if not months when something's hard and so in November when I had this hard moment with my husband I really started to take in of like I need extra support here I'm doing all the things I've been doing all the things for a really long time and I'm tired of feeling overwhelmed and I'm tired of feeling knocked down by this stuff because I'm an entrepreneur and my energy is my business. If I don't have energy, I'm fucked. And I'm tired of this. I'm tired of feeling like I can't even utilize my brain because I'm just stuck in this like emotion that I can't get out of, um, even with all the work and all the things, right? And so I reached back out to my brain scan doctor. And as he was looking at my scans again, he's like, you know, we should really look at an antidepressant. And I was open to it for the first time in my life because uh, I'm not big on medicine. It's not that I'm anti-Western medicine. It's just a big deal for me to take something because I know it. everything has a risk involved, right? And I've leaned into that. And um, he's like, okay, you're going to start this really low dose. And in about a week, you're going to feel different. And it's been a week and a half 
since I've started that. And I will tell you, I feel so different, so different. Like I was telling my husband right before I started this recording of like, I feel amazing. Like I feel so good. And I've actually hired a therapist too, because in this whole aha with my husband and seeing attachment things in there, I've realized I need to slowly unpack a lot of little T trauma from my childhood. And I want to do that with a therapist. I want to go to her office. I want to do it slowly. I just want to talk things out. I don't necessarily need a coach right now, which is shocking <laughs> because I do love coaching. Um, and so, yeah, I'm spending probably these next few months, if not a year or so, with my therapist that I've recently hired um, and unpacking these things. And now, you know, it feels easier to unpack because they don't feel so heavy. And in this process of me diminishing these brain wires with the medicine and going through and doing the healing, it'll be interesting because this time next year, I'll be doing another brain scan. And um, hopefully you'll be able to see on that scan of like, wow, these areas aren't activated anymore. And so now, you know, we can shift some of the things that you're taking, including this medication. And that's why, again, I'm such a huge proponent of brain scans for mental health. I'm not making any money off of this. You know, you can do what you want. But for me, it was like, why would you not scan my brain? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I'm not going to go just tell people symptoms. I want you to actually see what's going on and see how things are improving. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at with that, which is shocking. Old Lindsay would have never thought she would have been on an antidepressant, but damn, I will tell you, it's like exactly what I needed. You know, as I said earlier today, I was feeling really good and I was even driving around because I went and did a couple things and I was just like, man, I feel like I can actually utilize all my intellect again. And that's what's been frustrating at times. It's like, fuck, I don't want to be stuck in this emotional loop, but I can't fucking get out of it. I want to be able to go and write an email that inspires somebody or create this thing that changes somebody's life. And I'm just stuck in these fucking emotional loops and I'm so sick of it. Right. And so now I'm just like, yes, okay, I can go do this and I can go do that and I can go do this other thing. And it's just been amazing. So that's our about health wise. Physically, I've been healthy, knock on wood continue to be healthy. Um, Working out has kind of gone to the wayside since my son was in the hospital over the summer. I just felt like I needed time to kind of rest and recharge. And that's where, again, where this depression stuff was coming up. And I'm like, fuck, I want to be able to go work out. I want to have energy to go work out. And like, why am I not having that energy? I feel like I've done enough work to heal the burnout and to regulate my nervous system. And granted, there's always going to be work there. But it's like, fucking come on, body, right? Or come on, mind, let's go. And so I feel like, again, I'm, I'm getting back to that place. Um, so yeah, that's where health-wise, of course, you know, my kids and their health stuff, which I've already talked about, was hard. I got sick this year with bronchitis, and it was right around the time, too, when I was dealing with the person who left my business and finally facing the communication with that. It was so interesting how I got bronchitis of course because I'm speaking my truth (laughs) of course my body's like oh you're gonna speak your truth okay well we're gonna make you super sick in that and give you a horrible cough in the process I hadn't been that sick in fucking years which just shows like how traumatic that was for me that whole experience which again is like logically I was like why is this so fucking triggering to you Lindsay why is this you're like making a mountain over a molehill here there's deeper stuff here. There's something off here because this just doesn't make sense. 
And so, yeah, that happened. Um, the other thing I just want to talk about too is that looks wise this year, I haven't felt like I look physically like my most authentic self. And I don't know if you've ever had seasons like this, but it does kind of put a funk in your system. Um, like when you see pictures of yourself and you're like, oh, that's just like not exactly what I want to look like. You know, I went from being kind of this blonde Barbie doll for most, if not all of my life to then going natural with my hair last year and um, just kind of being at the place where I wasn't really doing as much beauty stuff. You know, it used to be where I get a facial and my nails and my hair and all that stuff. And this past year has just kind of been like not doing any of it. And then, as I said, not working out. And I'm just like, oh, I just felt like I needed to shed all those things and kind of be in my cocoon for a little while. Um, but I feel like I'm growing out of that. Like, I'm like, okay, I, I know where I want to grow to next in that. Um, but yeah, it's been hard. It just hasn't been that enjoyable. And uh, the last thing I just want to say health-wise is when the whole abortion stuff happened, I guess it was end of June with the Supreme Court and basically, you know, putting it back on the states with abortion, it was a lot on my system. It was really hard and I had to do a big release around that and there was a lot of tears and a lot of anger and it wasn't really just about abortion. It was about so many other things, um, including some stuff in my marriage and you know, again, like when I look back on this year in 2022, it's not going to be like, yeah, 2022 was fucking awesome. It's going to be like 2022, like kind of kicked my ass, but I was like ready for it to kick my ass. 2021 kicked my ass and I wasn't ready. 2022 is like, okay, I can handle this ass kicking. I got it. But yeah, it wasn't like, oh, this was amazing. What an awesome year. I mean, I'll look back and be like, yeah, this was a year that helped me really solidify who I want to be, but it wasn't rainbows and daisies. So on that note, spiritual spirituality wise, um, I feel like I've had a lot of spiritual growth because when you do go through hard things and you're questioning things and figuring out who you are on a deeper level, spirit can get involved in that. And it's been such a fucking joy to connect on a deeper level with spirituality. And I will say as silly as it sounds, I've been more active on TikTok as just a participant, not as, you know, a creator. And I'm on this whole algorithm of spiritual TikTok and man, is it fun. I just fucking love it. I've learned so many things that I've been like, yes, I've known that was true. I just needed someone to confirm it. And all the woo woo stuff that I love that you may not be into. And that's totally cool. But for me, it just feeds my soul and I love it so much. And being able to slow down feeds my soul. I'm planning to spend even more time in nature. I hired an energy healer the past few months, which has been amazing. And yeah, I feel really good spirituality wise. And then with fun and friends, as I said, it's not a year of fun. Of course, we've had our moments. But something that I took in in, I guess it was like August, September, as I was reading actually Simone Hung's book called The Secret Pandemic. She was on the show. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's one of my favorites because it impacted me greatly. I started to take in that I'm lonely, lonelier than I'd ever realized because I'm an Enneagram 5. Fives are known for being super independent and for kind of being on their own. And um, yeah, I took in of like, I really want to have friends. And I took in too with the whole experience that happened in my business with a person who worked for me, who I was also friends with. And we had all these layers. I was like, I need to have better boundaries. Like, I don't need people to have multiple levels with me. You know, there are times when I want to be friends with a client. They want to be friends with me. And 
I'm still trying to sort of figure that out. Um, I've kind of stepped away from that being the case, but I'm like, I just want friends. Like I want friends who are just like, this is Lindsay, not Lindsay, the mom or Lindsay, the life and leadership coach, just Lindsay. And I can just shoot the shit with and act stupid with and complain to, and they can complain to me. And so I took the bull by the horns and I joined Bumble BFF and it's been such a fun ride. It's been so fun to meet new people and to see just in my immediate area of like, wow, look at all these women out here. And that's allowed me to just shift my perspective in so many ways, not just with friends, but in regards to clients, even of like the world is huge, Lindsay. I think there's something like 8 billion people, right? 8 billion people. And sometimes you'll get hyper-focused on this one little thing with this one little person, like open your eyes. There are a lot of people around you. And um, yeah, it's just been so much fun. I've met some great women on there. And yeah, I've just really enjoyed the ride and really cultivating relationships from this place of us just being two women who want to go to lunch sometimes, or maybe we're going to retreat together as two, you know, just humans in the world. And I don't have to be, you know, work Lindsay really. Um, even though it's not that different, but it's just like, I just could be myself and that's great. Um, yeah, so that is it. Woo. That's my year in a recap. Okay. We only went like an hour. That's not too terribly long. I was worried it was going to go very, very long. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say. I think the only thing that I'm missing is, um, something I missed with my kids is that we did adopt a kitten this year who my son named money, <laughs> which is so funny, right? When I'm talking about, oh, I don't care about money. And then we have money. Um, and she's just been such a joy to our family. She has such a high energetic vibration that she has raised all of our vibration. She's just such a cool kitten. Um, and she's brought us so much joy and it is definitely probably the biggest highlight of this past year. I've been waiting to get a cat again for gosh, like four, almost five years, I think, because both my cats that I had in my twenties passed away at that time. Um, so yeah, you know, if you didn't know, I'm a really big animal person, especially a cat person, even though, you know, people think cat people are weird. I will own it. If that's what you think, because I love cats, especially cool ones. And that's my year in a recap, my friends. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. I hope you found some ahas of your own in this. And you just see like, you know, we're all living it. We all have duality in our life. We've got great things. We've got hard things. Not every year is like, fuck yeah year. Even when you're showing up and doing the work, you might still have more work that hits you in the fucking face. And you're like, shit. There may be seasons where you do coaching, seasons where you do therapy, seasons when you do nothing, seasons when you have a lot of fun, seasons when you work a lot, seasons when your marriage thrives, it doesn't thrive, whatever. It's just life. And all we can do is just keep showing up for it, throwing the tools that we have at it, getting the support that we need through it, and making the best of this whole thing, right? So that's it. That's my 2022 recap. And as I said, the podcast is going to be ending soon. We may throw out an episode from time to time, but I kind of see like this may be my last like big hurrah, look at my life kind of episode. We'll see. But um, I hope these episodes of me sharing so many vulnerable things over the years in these bonus episodes 
have um, been something that you can come to from time to time if you need more vulnerability or if anyone just happens to find me years from now, you know, even if I've evolved from this place, which I will, they'll be like, wow, this is where Lindsay was at during these years. And now I know I can feel maybe a little bit safer with her because, you know, she throws her shit out there. Why can't I throw my shit out there and she can hold it? So yeah, that's it, my friend. It's been a joy to have these episodes with you. And I just can't wait to see where you grow to from here. Even if I don't know you, I'm always thinking about you. I'm always sending you energy. I am sending you love. And I hope one day we do get to know each other and that we do get to work together. But regardless, I love you. And I'm just so grateful for you. So that's it. I'll see you on another episode soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero. And you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share this show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share, share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.